Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse, 1d6 damage at a time, 200 times in a row, forever, until time stops. That's right, it's an anniversary episode, and as I'm sure you're aware, we're basically out of D&D. Not to worry, as a special treat for a special episode, we're remaking the Lost System Mastery pilot, Marvel Superheroes role-playing game, Advanced Edition, Player's Guide, from all the way back in 1986. Will we make ours Marvel, or distinguish ourselves as the competition? And will we ever buy that pig? Find out today on System Mastery. And welcome back. Let's get to it. Hey there, I'm Jeff, joined as always by my co-host John for, Jesus Christ, almost nine years. That's right. <laughs> 200 episodes of this. Yeah, that's uh, that's a thing we did. That's something I can not put on my resume, that's for sure. That is, it's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of RPGs that we have read. Yeah, I mean, granted, there's a couple episodes in there where we cheated, where there's like multiple. Well, I mean, there's two parters and some supplement fools in yeah, there. Supplement spectaculars. At least one of them from way back in the Dark Ages is a movie review. Uh, uh, before we re. Oh, because we did uh, an episode of the, the Dungeons and Dragons, the movie, as an episode of System Mastery before Movie Mastery existed. Yeah. But, uh, God, we've read at least 190 plus RPGs in our time at this point. It's, uh, man, it's a lot. How you I've doing? A lot. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm yeah? good. I'm raring to go. I am, I'm excited, especially not only about 200 episodes, which, hey, if I had a kazoo and a little party popper, I would use them. I'm fairly certain there's a kazoo on my desk. I have a three-year-old child. Well, there you go. Uh, but also it's great to go do the old phase rip marvel because it was our unreleased first pilot episode that uh you know we didn't i mean it's not like we have it anymore we recorded that thing like five times before we actually made episode one uh, yeah we report I, I recorded it personally at least four computers ago probably five by the way uh quick desk alert update for the for uh, for the interested parties and for john i can't spot any kazoos on there i think sage ran off with it but i did find a pair of shamrock shaped sunglasses uh, Good. novelty sunglasses which are making it very hard to see right now and i'm wishing i wasn't wearing them oh that's probably why you can't find the kazoo it's probably yeah i probably did things in the incorrect order yeah uh, you got a, you got a good point there although just the other night i was playing the benny hill theme so she could run around because she knows that's what the benny hill theme is for yeah you start playing that theme and you know instinctually people are like well, i gotta start running around yeah she just starts giggling and zipping around the house if she hears the benny hill theme it's a well-trained party trick that our, our child can do huh? I'm going to keep her doing it till she's like 16. Good. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, I'll introduce her to the devastating feminist legacy of Benny Hill, and she'll stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, good. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. And yeah, I'm also fairly excited about, about coming back to the pilot episode. God, remember what we, when we were the, the story of the pilot episode, if you're wondering why you've never heard it, 
uh, is because we didn't know what we were doing or what a podcast really was. I, I listened to a few of them, but we didn't do we didn't know how to make them. Well, we didn't know what the format really was going to be. I mean, there were the first times we were doing this, like we recorded w- once that first episode where we were both on just like gaming headset. I was going to say we recorded it on two computers in the same room on gaming headset mics and when you tried to listen back to it you could hear each other, like the echo of the other person on on every dialogue for of the other we didn't know how to clean it no and <laughs> we were like rolling dice and talking like way too much about very specific things oh we were also dead serious like for yes. the first four or five episodes it was all just like the thing that's a problem with this game let me show you the charts that are here now as you'll notice, roll dice, I've gotten a 68. Yeah, we actually had dice involved. God, what were we even doing with those fucking dice? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have the book in front of me today. I'm flying blind, which is identical to when I have the book in front of me. It's true. Uh, after all, these, these shamrock because sunglasses. Normally, yeah, you've got those <laughs> shamrock glasses on. They're ruining it. But at least I've got a cool wrestling persona. Oh, yeah. Something to do with Lucky Charms. You've definitely got that shamrock shaker final move. That's the move. Hell yeah. All my moves are based on serial masks. Actually, I was just just here to, uh, heard a discussion the other day about if uh, if Mortal Kombat occurred, and you're everyone's always prepared at any given time for Mortal Kombat to be declared and break out. I know you are. Yeah. If it was the serial mascots, who would win Mortal Kombat? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say because obviously you immediately want to go to Tony Tiger. Uh, yeah, well, obviously strength he's, size. He's the Luke Kang of, of serial mascots when you break it down. He's, he's big, he's muscular, he's athletic, he's a main character. Yeah, he's got natural weapons. He can do those fatalities easy. Mm-hmm. Alpha Predator, amazing. Then you have to, your, your mind is going to roll off and divert to like, wait, aren't there literal monsters? Couldn't we go to Frankenstein uh, or Frankenberry or Booberry? And then, of course, I go to things like Lucky and I go, well, now you've got magic. Yeah, Lucky's got magic and can do whatever he wants with it. I, I'm not going to discount uh, the Cocoa Puffs bird. Oh, I cuckoo, immediately. Cuckoo, cuckoo the Cocoa. He's fucking crazy. He'll, he'll go nuts on your ass for that victory. He's like the Voldo of the mascot. He'll probably kill six people before they explain to him that the prize for Mortal Kombat is not a bowl of Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> and then he'll kill whoever managed to explain it to him. <laughs> and he'll kill again. <laughs> the, uh, the other people I was listening to have this conversation settled on Captain Crunch saying that as a sea captain from a certain age, he's he's had to have done some shit that everyone else in the game would be like, no, no, I'm not going to do. I, I won't cross that line. You've done shit, Captain Crunch, that I will not. Yeah, but then you're just saying that, oh, we're doing Mortal Kombat, but no one else is willing to kill. No, that's horseshit. If we're going into this saying everyone is going in like I'm going to murder that other guy and Crunch goes down easy first round yeah crunch is right in there with like toucan sam where they, they've got they've got no game i mean at least toucan can fly that tricks rabbit is fucked <laughs> yes the tricks rabbit is indeed uh, him and and like the the frog from sugar smacks or whatever the these are all your low rank contenders that aren't even going to show up until the third serial mortal Kombat game oh yeah now I've, i mean you've got your dark horse winners things like that honeycomb Tasmanian oh, that, monster. That fucking monster. That's definitely a sub boss. That's the Goro of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that thing <serial>. is terrible. <laughs> you got those also rans like Fruit Brute. Where you... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean I don't have a perfect answer for you at the ready. I just it just popped into my head that I had heard that conversation recently and I enjoyed it. Great. Yeah. 
but anyway, eventually we, we settled and, and made our real first episode, which God knows I now do not remember what it was, the one that actually came out. Uh, well, instead of doing Phase Rip, we did the Heroes Unlimited. That's right, because we didn't feel like doing recording Phase Rip like a third or fourth time or whatever it was. And we were like, fuck it, let's just do another game we know how to talk about. Oh, yeah. I mean, really doing the Phase Rip one, I mean, one, it was definitely a learning experience as far as what are we trying to do with the tone? What do we want to focus on? But then also, I feel like we had initially thought, well, maybe we'll come back to this game. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to start with one that we both were very familiar with so that when we started the first episode, we at least would get off on a foot where we're like, okay, I can speak with some authority about this. Which I think at the time we were both concerned with. And and I think at this point we successfully shed that cocoon and realized I don't give a fuck if people think I know what I'm talking about or not because because trying to maintain that illusion was keep it causing me stress. Yeah, now I don't care. <laughs> Musketeers in 1840? Why not? It makes perfect sense. There's blimps. Fuck you. Who cares? There's not blimps in 1840 either. Eat a dick. <laughs> I've had so many fucking people, come, and I, I swear there are people who see the comment and are like, eh, well, one more comment wouldn't hurt. Yeah, they, they should know that I am also <laughs> aware. Don't worry, it doesn't hurt that bad. We're fine. What happened, if you want the full story, if you don't see it from everyone else, I've tried to explain it. I have an easily recrossed head. It's easy to cross the wires in there. And the book was written, and this is a true fact, in the 1840s. That's when the book was written. That's That was the problem. My whole time I, I kept saying 1840s, and it was because I knew when the book was written. Yeah. That's and, all. And I just went along with it because I don't care. Yeah. So there you go. There's your answer. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> go listen to Movie Mastery. <laughs> no, don't. Skip that episode. It was just a shame because I really liked that episode. I had a good time on it. Oh, it's a good episode. Yeah. So one of the things that I have very dim memories of anything and eight or nine years ago, just completely gone. Mm -hmm. But what little inklings I can I can summon about our initial attempt to review this game was that I was positive on it. Yeah, there is definitely a part of me coming back to this. I was like. All right, let's do this. I can't wait to go back. I remember thinking this was kind of weird and fun, and then reading through and going, oh, no, nine years has crushed my soul. This is a bad game, and I can't just like it. <laughs> oh, wait, let the cat out of the bag. But yeah, I mean, not like we've discussed this in advance, but uh, on a reread nine years later, at the time... We were but amateurs and had only read like we, we were like, oh, we know a lot about RPGs. Of course, we can make a podcast about that. And it took us maybe six more episodes to go. Shit, I had no idea. <laughs> uh, wow, but, look at all this crap. But the, on a reread of Marvel superheroes, the 1986 TSR game, it is extremely 1980s and it is extremely TSR. Yeah. And and, uh, and honestly, that's all stuff that is kind of very slowly faded out of my head and it was not in there anymore all i remembered about this game before i picked it up and started rereading it two weeks ago was oh the power creation engine is or the power random roll engine is crazy fun uh they did a great job of capturing the diaspora of 80s marvel so you can play as just about any possible thing you would want to from right around that time back when the x-men were the highest pinnacle and you know characters like captain marvel and thor were but afterthoughts i mean the only thing going in that I was like, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy this, but I'm gonna, you know, have to rip into them for that, that success chart they've got in the back. 
oh man, that's the one thing that's going to be bad. And I was like, oh, that's not even close. No, <laughs> that thing's fine. At least it's pretty and in full color. It's still hard to read. It's too periodic table-y for my... There's parts of it I don't... It, like. There's like an actinides and lanthanides section. <laughs> I mean, it's up at the top and it's like your chance to get out of... Like escape a hold or, or stun someone or oh, something. All the various combat actions that you can take mm -hmm. and i mean i don't care what order we're doing this in Please this is a self-indulgent 200th episode yeah this is a, this is a victory lap so there's all the different actions you can take up there and it honestly is one of the few things reading this where i was like oh good because the uh fighting in this can use any of four different stats mm-hmm because if it was just, since phase rip... F is, stands for fighting. Yeah, F is fighting, and A is agility, and you're like, oh, it's going to be melee and ranged, but you can use, like, endurance mm -hmm. to go grapple someone. The entire phase of phase rip can be used for melee combat, or for uh, physical combat, let's say. Because more the other stats can also be used for combat in the mental and magic spheres. Yes, because you have your reason and intuition and psyche. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you want to go down the line, it's fighting agility, strength, endurance, uh, reason, intuition, psyche, karma, health, uh, resources, popularity, uh, teenage guide to... It's got a lot of stats. There's a lot of stuff. There's some derived things. Mm -hmm. But this, God bless it, it's, it's bad, but boy, does it ever scratch that itch of random table generation for me. Well, I think one of the few things we said back in the day when we talked about this was that the core book itself is a little lackluster, but it sings when you add another book called The Ultimate Powers Guide. And, you know, even on a reread of that, I don't think that's necessarily true. The Ultimate Powers Guide is awesome. It is one of the coolest role-playing game books there is. It is useless for the actual purposes of trying to play a real role-playing game. It will fuck your campaign sideways. <laughs> yeah, when you are making a hero in the Marvel Heroes game in Phase Rip, uh, you are basically first off going to figure out what your origin is. So what type of background are you are you a mutant mm -hmm. are you a high-tech guy like iron man are you an altered human like captain america yeah. are you a full-on robot like vision or are you just an alien an alien in this case covers the gap even though in the 80s uh thor was actually the god of thunder from like Norse mythology and heaven and Norse heaven and everything. And nowadays we consider that, that, that Asgard is an alien planet that they're from. Well, in the MCU. Yeah. But also here, here Thor, Thor would use the alien category. They're just like, he's from somewhere other than earth. He's an alien done. Yeah. Uh, cause basically all the other categories are, you are a human and how did you get your powers? And then alien is you aren't a human. And the other thing is, I think the Marvel comic continuity has pulled this trick now as well. Where, like, if you're Star-Lord, you can fly to Asgard in your ship. Uh, you just know where it is, and you can go there. I mean, they're still not aliens. They are actually gods, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, technically, on paper. But, but, but uh, by, by, I mean, they don't live on Earth. They live on some other thing. So oh. that means they're aliens when they're here. <laughs> That's the cool thing about the definition of alien. It's a pretty inclusive category. Uh, but yeah, you'll figure that out, and... You can random roll for that, mm -hmm. and then you will randomly roll for your stats on a table 
based on what your origin is. Yes, and uh, they they rank in order pretty much from worst to best of altered human, mutant, high tech, robot, and then alien. Um, they, the aliens have godlike stats because in Marvel, a lot of aliens are surprisingly godlike. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because there is a weird spread depending on what chart you're on. Yeah. So, like, if you're looking at mutants and altered humans have the same chart, mm-hmm. and they skew heavily towards the sort of normal person thing. So Yeah, there's a bell curve, but it works in reverse from a usual dice-based distribution. Well, with them, it's essentially the same as what you would get if you had an actual bell curve, because the middle of it, of like... Also, I guess I should mention that all of the stats are names instead of just numbers. Well, they're both. I mean, we'll, let's we'll get into that. There's so much to this. It's too much. The game is too much. But you've got feeble, poor, typical, good, excellent, remarkable, incredible, amazing, and monstrous are mm-hmm. what you can roll to start with. There are things above that. Yeah. And if you're a mutant or an altered human, you have... For the good, excellent, and remarkable, those are each 20 of the results on your thing. So like 21 to 40, 41 to 60, 61 to 80. So there's a very good chance when you're rolling, you'll get in that I'm sort of okay range. But you literally, no matter what you roll, can't get monstrous. And it's harder to go on the extremes of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, High tech very unfortunately, does not even let you get to incredible rank or above. No, no. Because most of your shit is just coming from your uh, tech. Well, it's Iron Man. It's it, the, the thing is, they, they list a number of potential high-tech heroes, but it's very, very clearly based on Iron Man and his foes. Because it's almost entirely based around getting a power suit together that gives you your powers and bumps up your stats. Yeah, you aren't really going to roll on the high-tech table and be like, yeah, I've got monstrous strength, because no... High tech is essentially you're a regular dude. Yeah. And then you've got some stuff. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, this is a book from, I mean, Winter Soldier existed. I'm, no, I, I forget. No. When, no, he didn't. 86? No, he didn't no, exist not yet. not even close. Yeah. This is way before Winter Soldier came around. But you would probably want, if you were trying to build I mean, him now. Closer would be Deathlock. Sure. Deathlock. Well, Deathlock gets mentioned in here on a number of occasions. Yeah. Yes. As, as either a robot or a altered human though yeah but then when you look at someone like winter soldier now you think is he high tech because of the robot arm or is he altered human because of the super soldier serum uh and would you classify his strength as as crazy high i don't think it'd be monstrous because that's like the hulk's strength no it would be altered human because high tech has to be like gadgets and stuff yeah but uh yeah, and then, of course, robots and aliens and are the no only one. two that can actually get to Monstrous. Motherfucker knows when Winter Soldier showed up, but doesn't know when the Three Musketeers happened. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch! Save me from myself. I will not. <laughs> uh, aliens have a much more, like, standard as far as yeah, what they you will get, because it's like 1 to 10, 11 to 20, yeah. 21 to 30, so your chances of getting feeble are just as good as your chances of getting incredible. Yeah, the only thing I meant by reverse bell curve distribution is normally you get a bell curve in, in, in role-playing games from this era by rolling 3d6, which naturally has its own bell curve built in. Here you're rolling percentile, which doesn't, and then the chart does. Yes. Uh, the robots, while they can get up to monstrous, they have a lesser chance of getting up that high, but they are 
much more likely to get to a like a good or an excellent because i mean your chances of getting feeble are one to ten whereas if you rolled one through ten that'd be chance of getting feeble to poor in robot yeah eh. yeah so there are a few other riders for each one of the various uh, archetypes you can pl- you, you can be here. Uh, Altered Human is very normal, but they do get to automatically raise one stat by one column shift, which is basically, if it's good, you can take it to Remarkable or whatever. Don't don't expect me to keep the, that. It view. was excellent. Okay. Um, I, you know I don't have the book in front of me. Oh, I know. And, and, and honestly, a list of words is an extremely hard way to memorize a simple set of progressions. It's very it's, true. It's, it, it, when you're playing your way through this game, you're like, oh, fuck yeah, my character's got good levitation i don't know if that's good it's bad actually good no it's bad (laughs) it's better than bad it's good (laughs) good is bad feeble is worse (laughs) good is bad up is down it's opposite (laughs) day here in marvel superheroes uh but they get to raise one stat by one to make up for like their their low stat rolls to begin with uh because the people who they list as altered humans are a, a group of people who have diverse training and experiences at this time period they're mentioned white nick fury uh, Captain America, a, a couple others. Uh, Mutants, meanwhile, does not get to raise any one stat by one for free, but I believe they get, they to, get an extra power. They get an extra power because that's a whole that's mutants' whole thing. But they have to set their popularity to zero because everyone always hates mutants. That's right. Which is, uh, you know, I know that's a classic Marvel thing, and I know we've talked about this in at least three other Marvel role playing games. But it's so funny when you're. W- the whole thing about mutants and how everyone hates them falls apart immediately when you expose them to the rest of the Marvel universe. Oh yeah. Well, they're like, I fucking hate mutants, but I love Spider-Man. What? What? How do you tell them apart? How do you know that's not just? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> and here in a game where you can have secret identities and uh, you're starting as a brand new, fresh character that no one knows, it's hilarious that everyone hates you for being a mutant when you don't have to visibly or or, or uh, obviously be a mutant. Oh yeah. I mean, if I make a guy and I'm like, yeah, that's right. I made a big elephant man or whatever. People might go, ooh, that's probably a mutant. Yeah. And I'm like, what do I, what did I make? I made a guy. He shoots laser beams out of his hands. Yeah. Everyone you don't el- know. Everyone's going to be like a big elephant man. Man, I remember that guy showing up in background shots during the Civil War stuff and nothing else. I remember he was one of the few people to survive the like great mutant purge, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Happened in the 1840s. <laughs> did the Mert mutant purge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the house of m anyway uh <laughs> the uh yeah and so if you're high tech you're just gonna have better uh reason and resources generally which you're gonna need because this game well you won't need them to create your character initially because if you're high tech you roll powers just like everyone else does uh but if you want to build more stuff later that's when you come into a whole sub game about constructing stuff out of the power menu and god does it ever get over complicated yes um if you are a robot, then you are also popularity zero. But unlike mutants, it's not because everyone hates you. It's because everyone's like, eh, you're just some robot. I don't care what happens to you. Yeah, that's the funniest thing. You can't lose. Karma is this game's XP mechanic. Uh, and also it's it's brownie point. Mecha- it's a fucking shit mechanic. There's oh, too- karma is garbage. There's too much on it. And um, but car- robots, you can't when you would normally lose karma for killing an innocent or letting an innocent come to harm, not robots, because no one fucking cares. About- I mean, their, their, their reason is because robots can come back to life, like you can fix a robot so you yeah. didn't really kill it. That's the big benefit of being a robot, is mm-hmm. they're like, well, you don't have to, you know, eat or sleep or breathe, and also, if you die, 
you can technically have someone who's like, well, I've got a high reason and a workshop. They can bring you back. Uh-huh. Someone explain that to L3. Okay. Or any other, well, I guess she's the Millennium Falcon's, like a third of its brain now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and then the last one is Aliens. Aliens, I don't remember. Help they, me out. Uh, get the best, like we were saying, chance of getting like monstrous and super high abilities. Yep. They pay for it by they have one fewer power than mm. everyone else. Uh, they have poor resources automatically because, you know, they're aliens. And they only start with one contact maximum, as that is another thing that you will have to roll for is your contacts. Mm -hmm. uh, and almost always that contact is just whatever your alien race is. So now you may be thinking when you hear that it's like a list of names for each level of uh, of the stats, like you may have a fighting of remarkable and an agility of, of, of uh, incredible and so on and think, okay, well, it may be difficult to memorize the order of those words, but at least once I do, it's like there's only seven numbers to the stats and that's not that difficult. Well, stand still because here's the deal. Uh, the, each one of those numbers actually represents a range of potential numbers. And no, it's not the range on that table you just rolled on because that's just a table you roll on once and then never look at again. Instead, there is a universal table for like what how are uh, the number value of good it's still a range don't don't expect me to know it in front because it's not in front of me oh yeah no i've got it uh-huh tell me just what good's range is good is a number rank between eight and 15 yes now in an incredible incredible is a rank between 36 and 45 so when you're creating your character if you have an incredible stat you're just going to write down uh fighting incredible and you might write down the number you rolled in the first place just in case you want to keep track of it but then you're going to go in and write 36 next yes. to it uh because that's your current value a new character start at the lowest end of that range and that is there so that you you can track as you le how you level up when you get through those ranges and also so if people hit you for values that uh that, re that or hit you with things that reduce the values of your stats you need to know if you drop down by a column, and also because all of the substats are powered by those numbers. Yes. Your starting health is you just take the phase part of phase rip, you take all of those numbers in your ranges, and you add them all together, and that's how many starting health you have. Yes. Now, you're starting the other stat that, that works the same way is karma, which, again, is kind of a XP slash uh, spend this to stunt kind of mechanic that uh, you do that by taking the rip part of phase rip, adding those together, and that's your starting karma. Yes. Uh, resources is just... It starts if it's not, typical. Well, if it's not a, uh, you know, character that starts with poor or something like that, yeah, then you get to do typical and roll on a table to see if it goes up or down from there. Yeah, that's one of the weirdest tables when you first see it. It's just called the ability or uh, ability modification table. table that just uh, it's just like roll percentile and look at the table and it cross-reference this and it tells you how much to increase or decrease another stat by. And then it's another 6 pages before they tell you why you'd want that. Oh yeah. Like, well, I just randomly rolled my stats. I would like to further randomize them, please. I mean, <laughs> given that in the uh, ability modifier table there's only one thing that can reduce so while well, 1 to 15 is reduce it everything else is remain unchanged or increase yes so so if you could you, first, you would oh yeah when i first read through this way way long ago and i saw that i was like 
So I generate my stats, and then I see if my stats get better or worse. Do I do this for all of my things? Because it comes literally right after the table for generating your stats is ability modifier table, and they don't say, hey, this isn't for your stats, even though we put it right next to it. Yeah, the, the game is full of tables at odd locations. Uh, there are parts where it'll mention tables that you don't remember where they are, and you have to go digging forever to find them again. Um, it, it just because a lot of it is like, hey, this power makes you kind of like a vehicle. So now you have the speed of a vehicle. Take your speed and read it off the vehicle chart. And you're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to have to open up the section on vehicles. <laughs> Couldn't you just tell me my character can go 200 miles an hour? Couldn't you? No, could not. No, because that's not how things work. Everything's based on these ranks so that you don't get like, what do you have? Oh, I rolled super speed. Well, you can run 200 miles an hour. No. Because you have to figure out the rank of your powers. So you might be like, what do you have? Super speed. At what rank? Feeble. So you can run as fast as a slow person? Yes. <laughs> well, no, because you run as fast as a slow car. Yeah. At least you've got that going for you. I think it, I think it puts you at like 20 miles an hour, which is really fast for a person. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you can sustain it. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So you've got your core seven stats. You've got your, uh, your, your health uh, which, incidentally, that's also another reason you need to know those numbers that, that your stats represent. Because if you punch someone and you do good damage, then it's because you do eight damage. Well, sort of. The damage you do is based off of, ooh, lordy, depending on what you're doing. If you're punching, it's going to be based off your strength number. Mm -hmm. If you're doing a weapon, it's based off of the weapon material quality. Yep, because it's based on the strength of the weapon. This is how they justify things like Wolverine's claws and and, and uh, cap shield. Yeah, which can mean that if I'm, you know, juggernaut and I punch you, I'm going to do an ass load of damage because I'm super strong. The second I pick up a baseball bat and hit you, I do trash damage. Yeah, one of the things about this book that's amusing, and, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because this is the point where you learn that, uh, is that it's got it's full of weird little asides from the author. It was written by Jeff Grubb. Um, and there's these like very chummy personal asides throughout it that are not quite enough to be irritating, but are still standouty enough to be noticeable. Yeah. And in this case, it's the one about how the thing, if he were to hit you with a club, it would do a club damage and he wouldn't be hacked because he's a fucking thing. He, that's why he usually uses light poles. Yeah. Um, but there's other ones in there, too, where he's just like uh, explain the difference between two and four wheel drive on Jeeps. And he has like a strong opinion about it. He's like. Yeah, there's not really that much of a difference between two-wheel and four-wheel drive, you guys. Four-wheel drive just means your car gets stuck in weirder places. Source quote, Dune Master D uh, Doug, my friend. And you're like, what the hell is... Are, are, are you serious? Dirty Doug, my friend. <laughs> he gets me my weed. It was called like Dune Bug Doug or something. And I was like, right, okay, that's cool. I'm glad he just decided to throw your name drop your weird Dune Buggy friend from the 80s in here. Uh... And the fourth one, we talked about health, karma, and resources is popularity. If you aren't, you know, a mutant or a robot, robot yeah. then you start baseline at 10 popularity. Mm -hmm. uh, you have the option of having things like if everyone knows your secret, you don't have a secret identity, they know who you are, you can raise your popularity. Mm -hmm. So if you're the Fantastic Four, you're more popular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you do have a secret identity, it lowers your popularity, which is weird. 
I, I, I mean, I get it. It's it, it, the pro again. It's, it's Spider Man. Well, it's not just it, the problem with it, it. This is the same thing as the as the mutant problem. Spider Man's whole thing, where he keeps his psychic secret identity, protect his family, or whatever, falls apart on exposure to the Marvel universe. Huh. Where, where where you're like, well, wait, how come no one's just flat out murdered Pepper Potts? Then just you think, oh, they're gonna go after Pepper Potts to get to Tony. But no, because he'll stop them because he's Iron Man. You you could just tell everyone you're Spider-Man, Peter. Everyone else is doing it. All these people you hang out with all the time get away with it all the time. <laughs> and, you know, ultimately, this is an 80s story. In the Marvel Universe at this point, I'm pretty sure it's... Fuck, I don't know. I don't fucking know what this, the current status of Spider-Man's secret identity. That shit, that shit wobbles. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's mid-80s. He's secret identityed up. No, oh, no, I don't mean at this point in the in 1984 or whatever. I mean now. I don't know the current status of Spider-Man's secret identity. Oh yeah, that that does indeed in the modern day wobble. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so then there are some modifiers you can do, and if you get modifiers that take it lower, like if you're a mutant with a secret identity, then it takes you into negative popularity. Yeah, and that can fuck up random stuff that you try to do as well there are benefits though it's that your superhero identity gets the negative popularity and that can fuck up everyone thinks you're a villain uh but you're you're uh you get a zero popularity for your secret identity you're a nobody and no one knows who that is yes so it, you do get that benefit and that sticks with you even as your as your superhero becomes world famous or whatever and he starts developing enemies who may want to go after him at least you've got this the schlub of a secret identity keeping things keeping things secret for you except they both have their own popularity stats i know which means if you become a world-renowned reporter and everyone's like i know who eddie brock is then you might have way more popularity in your secret identity than you do as a hero yeah yeah uh, okay, and then there is karma. Oh no, you know, before we get to karma, why don't we talk about the power, talent, and contact things? Because those are the last major three roles you have to do to make, to make a basic hero. Yeah. So you'll figure out uh, on a chart with a D100 roll, you'll go through a chart for powers, a chart for talents, and a chart for contacts. And you can have. Anywhere from two to five starting powers. Yep. Uh, one to four starting talents, which mm -hmm. are skills in this. Yep. Uh, and zero to three contacts. Now, there's also <laughs> a slash yeah, after each of these numbers that represent your maximum allowed. Yes. Yeah. Each one of them has potential for growth. However, contacts and talents tend to have more potential for growth. Yeah. Now, if you get, say, five powers to start, your max is five. You're mm -hmm. you're done. But if you like the consolation prize of rolling two powers to start with is you can get up to four. So, sure, you could use your karma to buy more powers or you could start with them or you could just There's have no them. difference. I mean, the, the the only difference is that it's worse to have to buy them because you have to spend an insane amount of karma to purchase a power. Yes. Thousands, thousands of karma. And and I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, you won't get it because karma. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to karma. It's the, coming. And, you know, like you said, if you the consolation prize for rolling like one talent is you can have up to six, though. Yeah. And zero contacts, you can have up to four. But again, You'd have to use resources to get those, and those are resources that could have been used to, say, 
improve the rank of a power right. that you already had. The problem with the power chart is that it's binary in terms of are you you're just getting better. There's not really like because the the low end is like oh one slash five and the high end is five slash five. It's not like the low end hero has more potential. Really, the one thing the low end hero has over the high end hero is the powers you gain during gameplay are purchased, so you have full control over choosing what you want. You can grow in whatever area you want. So you think, okay, well, that gives you an advantage over a fully randomly rolled starting hero eventually if you play the game for forever. Except, of course, you don't have to roll any of this. You, you, the game is pretty clear about, oh, go through and choose your powers however you would like, or we provided these charts to roll on if you would like. Yeah. One of the weird things that this lets you do as well is, let's say I start with 2 slash 4 on the bottom end of powers. Yeah. I can sacrifice ranks of resources for more powers. Mm -hmm. So the poorer you are, the more powers you can have. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm trying to figure out. Here's the thing I keep thinking of while I'm reading my way through the book, and I've been doing this consistently, is how does that map to Marvel? Well, I think mostly they're thinking of it as resources is almost like a power in and of itself. Because if you want to buy anything, you have to roll a resources feat. And if you fail it, you can't buy it. And, you know, there are thresholds where you don't have to roll anymore. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, oh, I've got, you know, typical resources. Okay. You want to go buy lunch. Can you afford lunch? Well, I mean, okay, I get that. But my question is, when we map it to Marvel, who, when starting out, was like, well, I'm rich. Spider-Man. I know, I know. Spider-Man's the obvious example. He starts super poor because he's a high school student, and he has lots and lots of powers. Yes. But did he did he do that when he was building his character? He was like, well, I started at remarkable money, but I spent remarkable money down to being a high school student so I could have two more spider powers. <laughs> or really, Spider-Man pretty easily has five powers, which means he pretty much had to have rolled that five powers slot on the, on the basic chart. Yeah. Because you can't buy your way to five off the lowest end. It's one slash four. Two slash four. Two slash four. You always, still, he needs to have super strength, webbing, agility, spider sense. I'm I'm about halfway wall there. Crawling. Wall crawling. Leaping. He's got lots and lots of powers. Eh. It's kind of true. Ultimately, he's one of those characters where you would expect there to be a, a, a power in the game called spider powers that just wraps it all up in a nice pretty bow for him. They did it for Storm. Uh. Okay. Um... And then the the other interesting thing about... We'll get to the powers. They're their own whole thing. Talents we might as well handle now. Uh, talents are basically skills in this game, but they, they are the one thing in the game that doesn't have its own ranks or anything. They're just little bonuses to stuff. If you have a talent for, like, driving, then you're a better driver than most people. You get a plus one advan or, or, uh, column, shift. column shift when you're making driving rolls. Yeah. Now, There's normally, anything you do in here is called a feat is a role. Yeah. It's, it's always in all caps, even though it doesn't stand for anything. Yes. It's like, <laughs> oh, does that stand for f fighting exertion? No, it's just, it's just all it's, caps it's, it's just feet. But anything you do is either going to be rolling based on your stat mm -hmm. or your powers rank. Yeah. And there's a big chart for, depending on what rank you have, what, whether or not you will succeed and how well you do, but with the talents, it just helps with either being like, oh, I've got, you know, blunt weapon skill. So now 
in addition to rolling my fighting to hit someone with a blunt weapon, I can get, you know, a plus one column shift so I'm not just, you know, typical, I'm good with this, okay. I would love to try and explain to people what a column shift is. and, and So there's this big periodic table on the back that's the chance of success at things, and the row is what number you roll, roll and the column is the, the current capacity you have for success when you column shift you move one column to the right where the results are better well like, as long as you're in a positive column shift you can negative column shift down okay fine if you if you negative column shift you move one one or however many slots to the left and get worse with the thing you're trying to roll yeah the, the it's it's hard to understate just exactly how bonkers the column or the uh the resolution chart is in this game it's enormous and unwieldy and and it uses three axes and also colors drawn on the axes it is impossible to memorize yeah you can't do it because it's a d100 result table where it's not like one to ten 11 to 20 no it's like okay you rolled a one that's one of them zero to two that's one of them and then you'll get up to like what is this 26 to 30 is one of them and you're like okay, you've just sort of randomly decided when things are going to be breakpointed, and depending on what your stat name is, you're like, okay, I've got... Yeah, go all the way to the remarkable column. You know, I've got remarkable, cool. So if I roll anything between a 1 and a 35, I fail. Yeah. Just nothing happens. If I get to a 36 through a 65 then it's a green result which is okay it's not a super success but it's a moderate success and then yellow and red are the other two uh and then also the chart goes way off in directions that don't make sense to basic players because you've got all the they they, uh tried to model the entire marvel universe here which means that while player characters tend to cap out at the stat rank of monstrous which is just crazy super powerful Above that, there's still shit like Unearthly, Shift X, Y, and Z, oh, yeah. Class 1000, 3000, 5000, and Beyonder. Yeah, the Beyond stat. It's for the Beyonder. It's for the Beyonder and Eternity and not even for, for Galactus. No, Galactus has like Class 5000 yeah. and stuff. It's for people like Eternity and Death and all those characters in the Marvel Universe that some, that basically the, the characters that only fucking Neil Gaiman gives a shit about. Ah. No one else ever wants to write about any of these weirdos. Yeah, and no matter what, even if I am the Beyonder, if I roll a one, I fail. Yes. Yeah. Um, th- and th- even that's... if I'm feeble, if I suck at everything, if I roll a 100, I get a red super good result. Uh, that's, that, that basically is there to explain why, like, sometimes a nihilist needs to use your bathroom. Even he ro- fails his stat rolls sometimes. <laughs> and then he needs to use your bathroom. What? He was trying to hold it, and he couldn't, so he needed to use your bathroom, Spider-Man. Why Why is a nihilist trying to use my bathroom? Not a nihilist. The character, a nihilist. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I heard he's like, that's why sometimes a nihilist wants to use your bathroom. And I was like, what? These are two very different things, although they share similar tenets. <laughs> At least it's an ethos. I was like, I don't know where you're going with this. I don't know why a nihilist wants to use Spider-Man's bathroom. No one wants to use Spider-Man's bathroom. It's he's all webby. Poor. It's all webby in there, and he's poor. 
He's not poor right now, right? Isn't he like currently a multi-billionaire? Uh, he was. He, he, had his, he had Parker Tech, and then he lost it all. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just assume anything good that happens to Parker will eventually be taken away from also him. anything interesting they just keep resetting him to the status quo and I hate it and I hate all the people who are still like he needs to be a high school student and I'm like he was a high school student for three years in the 60s stop trying to go back we also don't need strawberry alarm clock to be at number one eh, but we should <laughs> incense peppermints also, Ugh. this song, there's probably more lyrics, but you don't know them. So, yes, talents will help out your roles for doing certain things if it's, you know, part of whatever that encompasses. Mm -hmm. Some can also help with your role for your powers. Yeah. So, you know, if I've got, say, uh, I don't know. Like, the fighting ones tend to add to fighting yeah. powers and so on. But you can get things like occult lore or sleight of hand or things like that. And those will give you pseudo powers in and of themselves. Yeah. By the way, real quick, before we get into powers and karma, uh, I, I just want to mention that this game has an extremely elaborate magic rules set up for what I can only determine is because it's TSR making this. It's weird because... Magic isn't really a category. You can't roll I have magic powers, but if you get the talent in I have magic training, then you can just say all of my powers are actually magic or any number and spells of them. and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, they have a couple of examples of magic people. Their go-tos for the mid-80s were... voodoo people. Uh, <laughs> well, the the go-tos that they use are Doctor Strange and Shaman. Uh, they, 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 I think in the, in the mid-80s, Scarlet Witch was still just a total enigma. Well, she's just like, a mutant. She's just a whatever. Because she's always been kind of in that uh, whatever category. She wasn't a mutant in the first place. Eh. Um, but the thing is, all it does is introduce failure chances and make every... Because Doctor Strange just has fucking powers like everybody else. He just has energy bolts and the ability to fly and teleporting and so on. But he has to, like, actually invoke the the the, the Faltine or the Ragador or whatever to get his powers to work. And sometimes, if the Faltine are in a bad mood, his powers don't work. And there's no benefit to it. All it is is, sometimes Doctor Strange's powers don't work. Plays him, though. The weird thing for me with that though is they also base your ability to do a power mm -hmm. off of your psyche stat and then after you've done it then it's based off of the powers rank yeah so if i'm like all right i want to just cast a lightning bolt or whatever i've got energy emission lightning and i'm gonna do that it's a spell, though, so I cast Lightning Bolt. Yeah. Okay, great. In order to hit someone with it, I actually have to use Psyche instead of the power, but when I hit them, the damage is based on the power rank, not my Psyche rank. Yes. Yeah, but it's still, it introduces failure chances and shit about players being willing or not willing and the gods being on your side and not on your side, and you're just like, why wouldn't you just skip all this? No, I've never read a Doctor Strange comic in my life where he's been like, and now by the hoary host of Hoggeth. Oh, wait, hold on. Hoggeth is telling me he's not in the mood. Hoggeth has a headache. By the headache of Hoggeth! Come on, it's my birthday! <laughs> oh, you promised! <laughs> it's only once a year, come on! 
<laughs> by the rolling over and letting me do what I need to of Hoggeth. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's 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 very old role-playing game, and it feels wildly out of place here, where it would have been much simpler to just say magic is one of the five categories and call it a day, or make it a sixth category. I mean, with making tech its own thing to be like, oh yeah, if you want, and you're high tech, you're still just going to roll your random ass powers, but now you say it comes from technology, but we've got an entire system for like building and repairing and doing stuff like that. I'm like, I can kind of see it, but you know, I can see the the origin for it. But I feel like they should have realized about three quarters of the way into the design of oh shoot, the only thing we've really done here is is make it so that one group of of characters in the Marvel universe have weird built in fail chances, and, and in a way that isn't conducive to the actual Marvel universe. It's interesting because it ends up being that. Pretty much aliens and altered humans are your best bet if you don't want to get messed with because, you know, in the Marvel Universe, and it mentions this, there are mutant inhibitor collars and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You can have your tech get scrambled. You can have your magic fail to go off. But if you're just an altered human or an alien, you're like, yeah, well, fuck you, buddy. I do my shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it takes it until uh, later books for them to start really introducing weaknesses and so on. But I just wanted to mention that magic's in there. It's a huge portion of the book. Uh, And then let's talk about karma. Let's get to it. Let's get it over with. Karma is an old-fashioned mechanic where you can gain it and you can lose it based on if you're acting good or acting poorly. Uh, But you also need to spend it to to buy your powers or to upgrade things that you already have. Uh, And you can bank it and build tauntines with it. The whole thing, karma ends up being... And we've seen this in other games, the combo brownie point and XP, which is which bad. Is the worst thing you can do, making your players decide between being good right now or being better permanently later. Yeah, it's it's not good. Those should always be two different mechanics. So the, the last thing you want your, do, your players doing is hoarding resources. Yeah. You don't want to turn your players into hoarders. You want everything to be flowing freely so you have a constant co- uh, grasp of, and this is just basic DM advice at this point, so you have a, a reasonable grasp of what your players are capable of at any given time and also what they're about to be capable of. Here, because they could spend vast hordes, but they're saving it because they want to buy laser feet, you're, you're, you're never sure, and your players, meanwhile, are always afraid to spend on anything and will take vast damage instead of spending. It's... <sighs> It's unfortunate because, as well, it would be almost okay if the numbers were lower. But the numbers in Karma are like, ah, you might start upwards of having like 70 if you rolled really well in the rip section. How much does it take to get like a new power? Oh, like 1,700. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I have to just sit there session after session just going, all right, I don't I don't do anything special. And if I want to do something interesting, that also costs karma because there are stunts in power, this. Power stunts are one of the things that when I was a younger person, I, I would say probably the first time we recorded this episode, I would have gone to bat for dramatically because I thought they were a cool idea. That you're like, well, my power is laser eyes. That's neat. I can I have laser eyes. I'm done. I'm Cyclops. Great. But what about the other shit Cyclops figures out? They're solid beams of energy. Can he use them to pole vault or to briefly fly? Like by just pointing them at the ground and going up like he's Yosemite Sam with his face? 
Yes, he could. It's a power stunt. You'll have to pay to get it. And at the time, eight years ago, I'd been like, that's neat. That's a neat way to boost the powers. But now I'm like, uh, he should just get to do that because it's cool and not because he waited forever not doing anything interesting for the one shot at doing something cool that has a chance of failing. Yeah, the problem with the power stunt is not only is it like, hey, you're going to have to spend like 100 karma to even attempt it, and you have to attempt it yes because if i say all right well i've got sonic powers but i'm gonna like yell into a pool and try and create vibrations in there Mm -hmm. they're like oh well that's neat so spend a hundred and now i need you to make me a roll to see if you can do that and if you don't you spent a hundred nothing happens go fuck yourself if you want to try it again later you're gonna need to spend another hundred and and there's a lot of stuff they keep mentioning power stunts in the book that feel like they should be basic aspects of the character. Like their go-to example for a power stunt over and over again is Nightcrawler teleporting a lot. Yeah. It's, oh, well, Nightcrawler, what if he tries to use his teleportation power to teleport behind three people? And I'm like, that's basic Nightcrawler shit. That's like day one Nightcrawler shit. You get out of here with telling me that he had to earn that. That's what he started with. Oh, yeah. But they're like, oh, no. At some point, Nightcrawler tried to teleport behind three people. He spent, like, an ass load of karma so that he would be able to do it, and he spent karma to raise his chance to do it, and he did it. Now, if he does it nine more times and succeeds at it, then it'll become just a thing he can do. Now, let's talk about the fail state of playing a character who has any responsibilities besides being a superhero. And also being a superhero. Uh, because if your character, for example, is Tony Stark and needs to make it to a meeting later on in the week and doesn't because he's doing superhero stuff, he loses karma. Because you can lose karma in your regular life, too, by by letting people around you down. They obviously want to put in, you know, don't show up to the date with Mary Jane mechanics in the game. Yeah. That's you got to do that. But th- it's not fun if you're like, well, I-, I want my character to be able to buy a new laser power. And unlike Spider-Man, I didn't start the game with 50 power stunts and 130 powers. Uh, I have one. I can shoot lasers. I would really like to be to get one more power. But my character has a job at a gas station. And if I miss work at the gas station because I was fighting crooks, I get farther from my goal of developing a superpower. Yeah. In what should have been just a dramatic moment happens. It's instead, you get penalized because fuck you. Well, you get penalized for trying to give your character an inter- a backstory. Really is what it comes down to. They keep punishing you for things like, well, if your character needs to go to school and you can't go to school because of superheroing, and the, the uh, GM is a, is is uh, recommended to be fiendish in these applications. Fiendish shows up a lot in this book. And I got to say, I know I've harped on that before. Let me just say it real quick and get here again. Anytime the GM is encouraged to be a dick, ignore that instruction. Yeah. It's very simple. And, you know, like you were saying, it's very much one of those things where the game is like... Don't have a backstory. Don't give any hooks to your GM. Yes. What are you? I am an orphan. Mm -hmm. I have never known anyone. I have no friends. I have no job. I have no secret identity. Mm -hmm. What I do is I fight crime, and that's it. Yeah, and uh, I arrest people, and no one ever comes to... Oh, and I don't do any property damage, because you lose karma for doing property damage. Which, again, is just making it like, oh, well, I hope you rolled a power that doesn't do, like, explosions or anything, because then, by playing the game, you're like, well, you used your power, I guess you lose experience points for it. Yeah. Uh, you lose you lose them for acting unseemly or unlike a superhero. You lose them for 
uh, for accidentally causing damage to the street if you get thrown off a building and land on the street real hard. There is an example uh, in the book when that happens. It's uh, She-Hulk gets thrown off of uh, the Baxter building. It's 1986. She's currently in the Fantastic Four. And Jesus Christ, whoever whoever did the art arrangement for this book fucking had a boner for She-Hulk. She is 60% of the art. <laughs> Yo, I get it. I mean, I'm not saying She-Hulk isn't rad. I love She-Hulk, but, you know, it's a big Marvel category. You could have put in... Instead of 15 pictures of She-Hulk, you could have done 14 in one picture of Black Cat. You know, you could have given us a Ghost Rider. <laughs> more She-Hulk. I gotta have more She-Hulk. Uh, but yeah, and then the big no-no as a hero is if you kill someone. Villain or otherwise. Doesn't matter what happens. If you kill anyone, you are immediately set to zero karma. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, if you have a team pool... Uh, which is the karma pool, because you're allowed to bank karma and build karma banks with other people. That's what teams are. They're shared pools of karma. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you kill someone, their karma also goes to zero. Yeah, they're associated with you, so also they are affected by this. Yeah. Now, it makes you wonder how characters like Ghost Rider and Punisher, who kill on the regular, uh, get their powers and 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 uh, well, Punisher doesn't need any. He has guns. He's listed in here as an alternate uh, alternative human or a, 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 a upgraded human or whatever. Well, because you can't create a, a regular human. Yeah, you can't create a regular guy. So uh, Nick Fury is in the same boat where they're like, yeah, he's an alter, he's an upgraded human. Whatever. It, we we had to put him somewhere. Yeah. Um. So both of them, but like, no, Nick Fury is technically an augmented human. He has some weird stuff going on in his oh i'm sure i I mean depends on which story i mean this is obviously this is hasselhoff era fury that we're talking about oh yeah he's got like some weird serum stuff in him that's like a not quite super soldier thing but it leaves me wondering about other characters in the marvel universe that they don't quite get to like moon knight existed at this point he's just a guy he's he's got mental issues but those aren't powers (laughs) (laughs) His powers are that he's muscly and he knows how to throw moon-shaped knives. Oh, yeah. Well, in this, pretty much if you are a regular human, you are an augmented human in that you can do stuff that regular people can't. But you got to wonder, get back to the core question, how does Punisher level up then? Oh, he doesn't. He just doesn't. He just never, he he started super powerful. Luckily, he rolled really well at the start. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's to zero karma forever. He's just never going to have any karma, Mm -hmm. and that's fine. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, and of course, villains don't play by these rules because who they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, so, so if they cause problems, but you play by the rules if villains are around, which means if you're fighting Doc Ock and he knocks the top off a building, you take that penalty. Well, of course you do because you didn't clearly, stop him. You pushed that down on Captain Stacy, and everyone knows Spider-Man is a murderer. Well, now. yeah, you're obviously he's a, he's a, a threat or a menace. You make your choice. There's a great there. Jameson shows up in this book for like a hot second as an example of how to use a uh, a feat role to convince someone who doesn't like you to give you information. How to use negative popularity. Oh yeah, because there is a whole thing for like if you talk to someone, your popularity can change based on like what their deal is to you. Like oh, this person is hostile towards you already, but if you're popular, then you'll have a bonus to getting them to do whatever and. And if you're unpopular, they'll still help. You'll still get a bonus if they think you're going to get hurt, because that's the way it works is it's Spider-Man being like, hey, Jonah, where's Shocker? And he's like, get out of here, you menace to society. Oh, I was looking forward to fighting Shocker. I thought he might really hurt me. Ooh, if you really get hurt, that'd be good. Uh, he's you two the- costume freaks can take each other out. Yeah, he's at the park. 
Now get out of here and get me pictures of you. <laughs> get me pictures of Peter Parker. <laughs> Let me draw you like one of my French Spider-Men. Le Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, so karma sucks. I mean, I, I the, the thing about banking it to form teams, I thought it was an inventive way to come up with how to make a team mechanic and like what, what is the X-Men technically, but it doesn't feel it feels very disconnected from gameplay if you're like well my character is going to take 50 karma and put it in the x-men bank you're like what does that look like what what am i i guess it's personal investment in the team i it's i mean it's basically the ability for the team to do stuff so if it's like ah yeah we're all doing a thing and you know i want to do the fastball special you're like okay well colossus is going to use some of that team resource to throw wolverine and then wolverine is going to use some of the team resource to claw the dude that he gets to now we've already been talking for an hour so obviously we we are going to go long today because we haven't even talked about a lot of the things that we needed to uh another thing you can spend that team resource oh by the way one last thing about the team mechanic uh you can break out and leave whenever you want by separating out your percentage your share and walk away with it so if you're but you can only ever be a member of one team bank at a time that's a rule so yeah, i guess sorry, the, wolverine i guess in the 80s wolverine wasn't already on every team yeah maybe that, that that's just they hadn't had to solve for that yet but, solve for x-men <laughs> solve ah. for weapon x uh so one of the things you can spend all these team karma resources on is uh, upgrades to your headquarters and if you wanted to guess that the middle third of this book is just price guides for various amounts of crap you can put in a living room uh well you're right that's what most of the middle of this book is weird guess but yeah yeah it's insane they're like okay well if you would like to build spare bedrooms a spare bedroom with a typical cost will have a bed a dresser two chairs and a lamp Uh, oh let's see i I would like to buy the living room package the cost is good mm -hmm. it occupies a room and consists of sofa two easy chairs two end tables coffee tables Two lamps, ceiling, table, or floor. <laughs> John, what if I wanted to spend more? I'm willing to upgrade and spend remarkable on my living well, room. Well, at excellent Ooh, cost, excellent. Okay. you can add a TV, stereo, or piano. And at remarkable, baby, you get all three. <laughs> and it goes on like that for page after page of just like, hey, if you want to uh, dress up, if you want to Sims this room in your Marvel game, it's going to cost you X amount. Of course, you also have to pay for the actual space itself so you're going to need the cost for a one-bedroom apartment or two-bedroom apartment or three-bedroom apartment (laughs) or a cottage with two rooms or a small house with four rooms and you're like wait okay i i get it because yeah i know most marvel characters live somewhere i mean there's a few who don't i guess giant size man thing lives in the woods yeah uh but but most of them live but it's not like the x-men are constantly being like well wolverine i've decided to add a rumpus room to the gray malkin academy would you go out and spend a remarkable amount of money on it for me please make sure that takes an adventure (laughs) it's so weird and they've (laughs) there are so many different categories for what type of building you have what size it is how many rooms you get what you can put in those rooms the cost for those things i mean like i there's a point where i was like okay i kind of get it because if you if you statted all this stuff out it'd be kind of neat to watch the juggernaut plow through it or something but that's me thinking in terms of comic books where they are very clearly thinking in tsr 80s era listing oh yeah where they're just like well you got to put all the shit in here otherwise people won't know how much a house costs yeah i mean it's 
it's basically we had resources as an entire stat in here. If we don't give you crap to spend resources on, then no one's going to care. I mean, rest assured, there's other stuff to spend resources on. You can duplicate powers by building machines that duplicate the effects of powers. It is an extremely complicated process. You could build robot suits with resources. It costs an incredible amount of money. They even call it out and say, like, by the way, anything you build with resources is not going to add up to the Iron Man suit. The Iron Man suit is a collection of powers. You're going to build, like, the load lifter from aliens. Oh, yeah. I mean, getting a power into a thing is like, well, you're going to have to spend like 75 days on this. Mm -hmm. And if you want, you could spend a whole lot of karma to shave that time down. What are we talking about? Is this the thing? I mean, I, I sure I can think of examples in comic media properties like in Iron Man three, where he has to hang out in that kid's garage and build himself a bunch of weapons out of Christmas ornaments. I mean, Mr. Fantastic constantly making gadgets, but it's not like there's ever. I mean, other than the fact that it ruins his relationships, Uh. there's never a point where he's like, we have to go fight Mole Man, but I'm too busy building this robot car. Hmm. Yeah, it. (laughs) Well, I could. By investing personal and team resources into the robot car, build it faster so that instead of fighting Mole Man in two weeks, I could do it in 12 days. It is, it's very much a, what, what did you think players wanted to do here type of a thing? Where you look at all of the space and time that they spent for so much minutia, and it's like, oh, these are things that either a player will engage with once mm-hmm. ever yeah or will not want to engage with ever because it's bad for them and even if they would were to engage in it it would be set dressing at best this book has stats for 16 different boats yeah you got mini subs you got catamarans you got you, you got cruise liners you got ferries it's got them all and you're like why would i need to know how fast a ferry is what, what am i what what when is well, that you gonna see c- spider-man's on the ferry and he's trying to get Back over to the mainland to face Green Goblin, but Green Goblin's on a glider. Now, if you'd like to look at my airspeed velocity chart. <laughs> well, well, first of all, what kind of ferry? What's the engine in that? Is that a Whitney? Or does it have a ferry, a ferry velocity engine? Because <laughs> that's going to that's gonna matter significantly when you're ma- measuring down your count for how long Spider-Man has to... First of all, what was Spider-Man doing on the ferry? Why do you leave Manhattan? Spider-Man doesn't leave Manhattan. Oh, he was fighting Goblin over at the... Uh, uh, Statue of Liberty. He was in the fifth borough of New York, Boston. <laughs> that famous fifth borough. <laughs> uh, that's an old joke. That's because this is the anniversary episode. We can do whatever we want. Uh-huh. We can go long. We We're can make so old fucking jokes. Long already. Yeah, I don't get people love long. I don't I've never had a complaint. Not even once. Never. Never. Ever. And I've had complaints about all kinds of other shit. For example, what year the uh <laughs> the, the Three Musketeers took place in. Very concerned with that, people turn out to be. Turns out, Mm -hmm. people want you to know. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, to get back to it, let's talk about the powers. There's lots of them, even in the core book. Yep. But I'm going to be honest, uh, almost every category, because the way it works is you roll in a category, and then you either select or roll a D10 for one power from that category. And I'm going to be honest, a lot of the categories are nine powers, and then one power that is the other powers from that category. For example, the first one is like resistances. Uh, and they'll have like, oh, fire resistance. You get class 1000 res- or really, really good resistance to fire. Not super good, just really good. Stuff that can still burn you. Well, it's like I mean, these- everything is going to be, all right, well, roll what your ability with, with it is. Do you have feeble fire resistance? You can put your hand on top of a burner for a second. Yeah, I know. Uh, 
so what that means is that fire immunity is not really fire immunity. It's just fire resistance. And that's fine. I get that. It doesn't really take into account the people in the Marvel Universe who do have fire resistance, like the human torch or whatever, who are like, fuck you. I can just walk in fire. What do I give a shit? Well, I can take a nap in it. That's not fire resistance. That's fire absorption. Oh, there is a difference. Yes, indeed, mm. there is. But there's, it's just like immunity to fire, immunity to electricity, immunity to radiation, uh, not immunity to physical damage. That's body armor. That's, a, that's in a different category entirely. But the last power from the absorption set is just called invulnerability. And it's just, hey, go back through the list of powers you just skipped over. Pick two of them and have both of them at class 1000. Hmm. And you're like, why wouldn't I just pick this one? It's really good compared to these other ones. Well, some of them are, uh, you know, two powers worth. Mm-hmm. So if you decide to be like, all right, well, I rolled up energy control. I could do electrical or magnetic or light or sound. But if you get, say, probability manipulation because you want to make Scarlet Witch, that's two powers. Yes, that's true. Uh, and also several powers will suggest a power if uh, they, they do have a rule that if you roll a, a two power power and you don't want it, you can re-roll. Yep. Uh, they also have a suggested power set where if you roll, for example, uh, teleportation, they're like, well, if you can teleport, you might also need dimensional travel because that's how all teleporters in Marvel work right now. So if you have teleporting, why not add dimensional power instead of rolling for it? Just write it down on your list. Please note that's not a real example. Teleporting does not actually give you dimensional travel. Yes. Uh, in fact, teleporting gives you the opposite, because I don't think any of the Marvel teleporters who go through another dimension can just stay there. No. I've never seen Nightcrawler be like, nah, fuck it, I'm staying in Brimstone or whatever the fuck it is. Well, I mean... I know he can now, There are Bamps there. <laughs> yeah, there's Bamps there. There's little baby ones of him. Yeah. And I, I know Magic's another one who does the same thing. She teleports through Limbo, and I, I don't remember... I think she can sure. stay there. Sure, she can do whatever she wants. She's Magic. It's right in her name. Huh? Uh, but anyway, there are a number of powers that are double powers, some of which, and I, I just want to stop and focus on weather control, because I feel like weather control represents the worst that this book has to offer. Now, weather control obviously is in there because of a couple of Mar- Marvel weather controllers, most notably Storm, but obviously also Thor. Yeah. Uh, the book even goes out of its way to be like, look, we know that Storm's weather control power is not really weather control. And like, real weather doesn't shoot ice cubes into a glass or let her, let you breathe in space. Those aren't weather control things. Oh, yeah. And when you look at it, it's under the matter control, and you're like, huh, weather control isn't two powers. That's weird, because it does a lot of stuff, and all of the other powers that do a lot of stuff are two powers. And when you when you think back, you're like, well, ice control's in that same list. You know, I know Iceman can do shit that Storm can't, but Storm can make and control ice. She does it all the time. Maybe she doesn't slide around on a sled made of it, but she doesn't need to. She can fucking fly because of weather. Um, so you think, okay, how are they going to make weather control balance? Well, they, they tell us right on the bat. The bat. Weather can copy almost every power from any other matter control type because you can just be really creative with it. So what does it do? Oh, nothing. If you take weather control at first level, or not first level, but as a beginning character, it does nothing. To do anything with weather control, you need to create and and uh, succeed with power stunts that copy the other powers. It's so weird, because you look at it and you're like, okay, so I have weather control. You'd think... You could do some basics. You could make it rain. Yeah. You should be like, okay, well, I can do rain. I can... Make it windy. Make I can do a little bit of temperature control... You know, I'll yeah. have basic stuff, but then if I want to do something like 
okay, I want to hit somebody specific with a lightning bolt instead of just making a storm, mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, that's a stunt. Sure, fine. But it doesn't say that. Instead, it's like, at, at the start, this power doesn't do a goddamn thing. It doesn't even say you can control local weather in a minor way. It's just like, oh, all, pa- all functions of this power are stunts. Here's a list of examples. You don't start with any. Hmm. So you're like, what does that is that how Storm was when she was like a baby mutant? Did she just not do anything at all? Did she know she was a weather mutant until she tried the first stunt? Why didn't you give it a baseline ability? Yeah. <laughs> and you don't start with any power stunts. So it's not like you get the power and go, all right, everything I do has to be a power stunt. So I guess I'll just say at the start, like, all right, my thing with weather is say specifically I can make it sunny. Like that's my whole deal. Mm-hmm. I can make it get really warm. Yeah. So I can get it like 120 degrees out. That's my one stunt. I can have general weather control other than that. But mm-hmm. there you go. Nope. You get nothing. Well, because the thing is, the thing you're citing where you get one stunt is a common thing you see in other powers. You see it in ice control, for example. Ice control like lets you control temperatures and so on. And then it, there's a list of potential, obviously copied from Iceman-type powers that you can choose from. And it's like, pick one of these to start, because you'll need one. And weather control, they're like, well, the, the thing with weather control is that it's powerful, because it can duplicate the effects of lots of these powers. So to balance that, you start with nothing. Nothing at all and no way to get something. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Is that a power then? Do I even have a power? Well... I mean, let's be fair. These power stunts only cost 50 karma to do instead of 100. <laughs> That's still going to be half or more of your starting total. Uh. <laughs> it's just oh, and also you can fail and spend that karma and not accomplish anything. It's just weird. The other one I found weird when I was making my bonus character uh, was I think it's called extra uh, appendages. Mm-hmm. It's under it's under a body, uh, offensive body modifications, mm-hmm. and it's basically you know it's if you want to play as like forearm or nightcrawler because he's got the tail, or anyone else who's got like an extra body part or centaur yeah. legs, anything like that. Uh, it, all it does is replicate other powers from the same category, which is weird. You'd think it would be like oh this will give you like a plus one CS to melee combat or something. Yeah, you think, okay, well, my character is forearm. Let's just take forearm. He's a real piece of shit, and no one likes forearm, but at least you have an easy understanding of what his powers are. (laughs) Forearm has forearms. Great. So he has probably the one that gives him extra attacks, because he just has forearms, so he can punch more. But does it do that? No, it gives you... It's like, hey, if you take that, then your next power is automatically the extra attacks power, and you have extra attacks because you have extra arms or you could just take the extra attacks power and have extra attacks and not need to have extra arms. They are identical except one uses two powers and the other uses one. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You're like, this is poorly thought out. I mean, I understand why you did that, but forearm is strictly worse than let's say that who would be another good character to give just extra attacks with this iron fist. Sure. Good example, right? Because he just punches real fucking fast. He's Iron Fist. Iron Fist is less conspicuous. True. What, what's forearm got that Iron? I guess he can. You can do more versions of the Stranger. I mean, not to go to bat for this absolute garbage, but the only thing I would say is, if you were doing a full random build, oh yeah, and you random rolled into it, then you're like, oh good, now I actually can pick a thing because I can go. All right, I have extra body parts, but 
I can decide that I get lightning speed because I'm going to say it's centaur legs. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but if you're doing a full random roll, then why are you excited to come out of randomness? You're only there because you chose to be. Well, I guess if you're playing in a game where the GM, who yes. has been advised to be fiendish, is like, I'll be fiendish by telling you randoms only. And you're like, haha, I'll pull one over on you with this semi-random two power that gives me one power. And that's, I mean, you see that a lot with you rolled up a thing and it'll tell you, hey, if you want to, you can also take muh as yeah. a related power for one of your things. You're like, okay. Now, does this, does this list still cover the gamut of most of what Marvel powers are? Yeah, absolutely. Can you make most Marvel characters? Sure. It's not a terrible list. Uh, it just has a real stink of old TSR on it when you actually drill down and look at the powers. The thing I've always said, and I still maintain this, the Ultimate Powers book, and for a lesser extent, this book's power set as well, are phenomenal if you're going to play some other game. Oh. If you're going to go play Masks or something and you're sick of looking at the playbook and Masks and being like, oh boy, I am playing as the outsider and my powers are weird laser guns. You're, you're, you can take this book's power generation system, roll it up just to give you the role-playing Oh tips. yeah, instead of being like, all right, how do you? How do I harm another? Yeah. You're like, I guess I use whatever my power is. But with this, you can be like, all right, I generated a bunch of dumb nonsense, made a character, and now I'll put it into a system that works. Yes, exactly. It's perfect if you want to steal the shit for a system that works. So uh, that's powers. And then the powers, by the way, are Appendix A of the book. They don't... The the, uh, the importance of the price of various aspects of bathrooms is more important than the power listing. Oh, yeah. Like... You roll up your powers, and then about another 50 pages later, they're like, oh, I guess we, we should tell you what this does. I mean, they say as much in the book. They're like, hey, we didn't put this right here because it would break up the book. It would it would be monotonous if the powers were in the middle because it would break up the book dramatically. But then you look at what they put in instead, and you're like, oh, that would break up the book. Anyway, here's 17 different types of car. And you're like, <laughs> I don't, what, why? Here's 300 guns you could take. Don't, though, because if you kill anyone, you'll lose all your XP. Yeah. Oh, Man, so on the fighting chart, by the way, because oh. you just reminded me of it. Yeah. When you do any type of fighting, you can do blunt or edged or shooting, and these are all different, uh, like, charts that you will roll on. But if you're doing edged or shooting and you get a red result on your roll, then you can auto-kill the person you're attacking. Now, it is a may... Mm -hmm. So you don't automatically just kill them if you're like, ah, yes, I'm using a bladed weapon and I'm Wolverine and I just murder literally everyone I fight. Yeah. Nope. You can decide, no, I guess I just hurt them real bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a there's an accidental or, or semi-intentional kill result on anything with a bladed weapon. Notably, blunt weapons, you're allowed to reduce your damage however you would like to. Uh, you could just send, you could be like, oh, I would like to do 15 instead of 25 damage. But with the blunt, you also, if you get yellow or red you can do a slam or a stun whereas edged is you do a stun or a kill you don't want to do slams though because slams are knocking people away and that's going to cause property damage oh yeah you don't want to slam people no no and welcome them to the jam people <laughs> i thought you were going to go in a different direction with that nope all right um i i, I the combat mechanics of this game are almost too complicated for us to talk about at this late hour i'll just go ahead and say Hey, you remember when we talked about that giant D100 chart? It's that. Yeah. Just go look at whatever your column is, roll it, and whoever you are fighting, if they are defending, will probably column shift you 
down that's or their they defense. might fuck up their defense and call them shift you up <laughs> yep uh and there's initiative and it's all very complicated it, i mean you you remember it when you're like i haven't read this book in a decade it's like oh you roll they roll you roll they roll cool shit happens because you're firing neat co- you're, you're firing lasers that look like birds or whatever but then you reread you're like oh no oh, oh wait a minute oh this isn't gonna be fun this is an rpg from the mid 80s it sure is it very much is is it better than most of those yes is it good though no eh. Well, let's talk about that. Let's do our favorites and least favorites, John. What do you say? Sure. Why not? What's your favorite thing about Marvel superheroes role playing game? Please don't take all the random charts. It's all the random charts. Mother. I don't know. By all means. No, I think. I mean, it is honestly. Of My favorite thing is rolling on random charts because I fucking love random charts so much. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I've got like old rift Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> where i'm like yeah i just really want to roll on a chart for stuff but yeah yeah. the i would say probably the smartest thing they did in this like the actual best thing is the bell curve d100 oh for stat generation for stat generation okay uh the way they tried to sort of balance out different ways of doing things as far as like Okay, you can be, you know, not so high a stat, but you get a bunch of resources or, you know, maybe you have better stats, but you don't have as many powers. They tried really hard to actually do a balance thing we instead of so just far. 3d6 down the line, mm-hmm. because instead of just saying, uh, I don't know, every stat rolled D100, that's the number you have in it. Look at the chart to see what level that is. Mm-hmm. That's at least interesting that they tried to do something bell curvy i'll yeah. say that sure they, they tsr in the 80s was very much about the percentile rolls like if you just look at it from D being the sole survivor of that era then yeah 3d6 was king but if you look at boot hill gamma world indiana jones this uh that that space game that we reviewed that one time uh you know the one the one where you could play is like worms you know, worms. We could play as cool worms. And yeah, yeah. Star Frontiers. Star Frontiers. All of those were percentile driven. The the percentage of games, they, they, they liked percentile more than 3D6. D&D just happened to be the one that was bigger than all of them and was king. Yeah. So that's your favorite thing, though? Yeah, I think they at least tried to have some semblance of balance in that one specific case. So there you go. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say the character creation, knowing that... that they were like, hey, obviously a lot of people are just going to want to play as Spider-Man. This is, this is a Marvel game. Here's how you do that. But then they were like, yeah, but that's not really what most people will want to do. So let's jump right into character creation with an example for, pulled from the history of Marvel, which I thought was kind of a fun trick. But they were like, here's this fucking guy. He applied to be in the Masters of Evil once and was rejected soundly. His name is the Osprey. He's some dope. He doesn't even he has have no powers. His wings don't work. Some wings that don't do anything. And in getting mad at him for even showing up to apply the wizard, a minor Marvel villain who you only see as a sub boss in some video games, sticks a floating disc on his chest and sends him off. And they're like, great, let's build this guy. And I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. I thought character creation in this game did a great job of replicating the Marvel experience, like the, what, what a Marvel character should look like by the end. I, even just using this base set, you can create most characters, and I thought that was impre- impressively done. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, the gameplay experience does not match that. That it doesn't, at least, doesn't feel that way. Eh. It feels like their priorities didn't really point to game to the gameplay experience that you would think of as like, oh, I'm playing fucking Captain Marvel. What does Captain Marvel do? 
Well, it's the 80s, so she lets her ass hang out. <laughs> Same. <laughs> well, in the 80s, yeah. Yeah, obviously. You're in the about, 80s, I was letting my ass hang out all about my that, diaper. All about that butt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not either. I, I, I don't... Was she even Captain Marvel in the 80s, or was it was it uh, Marvel or whatever his name was first? God, in I 86? forget when she turns into... Uh, well, I know she's Miss Marvel for forever. Yeah. I think she was... But the, Captain Marvel gets name-dropped in this book, and I don't know who they're talking about. I think think she was Captain Marvel by then. Okay. So, eh, whatever. Why don't you correct us, everybody? Yeah. I'm not really that salty. Please, dude, I don't care. I don't care about your... He's so salty. I'm not. Guy's off the mic. Guy's off so the... So salty. Off so the... salty. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to address the audience and, and have me uh, go away for a second? No, I no. want you here. Oh, sh- Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's your least favorite thing? Oh, it's karma. It's easily karma. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, anytime we've seen the whole brownie point xp combined a system in any game it is basically invariably going to be the worst thing it is such an awful choice to give to your players and even more so in this game because it's like well you could spend 20 now and get like 20 percent to your roll or save it because you're gonna need a thousand to do anything and you're like oh no yeah yeah and I'm going to take karma as well, but a different aspect of it. I'm going to take the moralizing shit that karma does in this game, mm. uh, where it's like, oh, if you if you cause property damage, that's minus 50 karma. If you do something that makes your team look bad, that's minus 30 karma. Uh, and and uh, also the ones that are just like, if you miss basic details of your, if you promised you'd meet someone at a coffee house somewhere and you don't, minus 10 karma. And I'm like, okay, but the reason that would happen is because not because you made a choice, but because the GM made a choice. Yeah, because let me tell you, the other alternative to that is I let a villain rampage so I can go to the coffee shop. How much karma minus is that? Yeah, it's it's never going to be. There's no way to set this up. So it's up to you where they're like, well, you could go fight Mole Man, but don't worry. He'll wait. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's also not like, hey, you have a meeting with uh, your friend at a coffee shop. You said you do. Would you like to go there or not? And the player's like, no, I know nothing else is happening, but fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. It's it's They're trying to set it up as like a moral or upstanding decision that you, the player, make, but it exists solely so that the, D, the uh, GM can be fed hooks to fuck you with. Which and is that's- stupid given that you already have to spend it to do your brownie point thing to make sure you don't fail, and you have to spend it to go ahead and make yourself better. Having a outlet where the GM can take some away from you is so unnecessary. Right. Well, here's, I mean, ultimately, the best thing you could do with it is ignore it. And these, the best thing that they should have done with it is take this part of it out. Because you're like, okay, well, what if I want to have a friendly relationship and celebrate my players' experiences and, and you know, make characters who have rich inner lives and backstories without screwing with them? I guess they'll just go do all this stuff and then the karma mechanic doesn't do anything? Why did I... Well, this is only in the only reason it's in here is to encourage the DM to punish you for having a backstory. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying the DM automatically does and is an asshole. We're talking about someone who doesn't even exist right now. It's a bad design because it encourages them a, a, a hypothetical DM to be a dick for no reason. Mm-hmm. So that's my least favorite thing. Would you play this game? Yeah, probably. I know. I know you would. <laughs> Some of my best experiences have been playing this shitty game. I mean, I would play it just so I could make a dumb character because I love making dumb characters in this. And hey, 
what luck. If you want to listen to us make dumb characters in this, you can go over to patreon.com slash system mastery, support us at the lowest level of a dollar, and we're going to go make bonus content where we make characters. What kind of weird heroes are we going to make? You'll have to find out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash system mastery. What a deal. And we've been saying that for forever now, and I feel like we're going to keep saying it because I know in the intro I mentioned, are we ever going to buy that pig? Not yet. Nope. I mean, for some reason, we seem to have stalled at a dollar value for about, oh, I don't know, one pandemic's worth of time. Yeah, it's weird that we haven't been getting anything more during a pandemic when everything's fucked. (laughs) Although, I gotta say, if I can be honest with, real with everybody for just a moment here, if I can go sincere. I uh, don't want to work anymore. Yeah, if I can be real sincere for just a second, I didn't know when the Three Musketeers happened. I didn't. All right. Okay, everybody. I didn't know. No, I'm kidding. I thought, what I meant by real sincerity is the fact that we managed to weather the pandemic and not have to like go beg for real jobs or anything uh, because people stayed with us was extremely heartfelt. Oh, yeah. Uh, to me. I, I was I was I, I was worried. Everyone was everyone. In my family was worried that this meant that, that the uh, the podcast was over. Because how could you possibly sustain it? But everyone stuck by our sides. I know. How could for most you possibly people, be a creative in this environment? Yeah, I know that for most people, it's like two bucks a month. So it wasn't like a bank breaking decision to stick with us. But to us, it meant the world. So that was really nice. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. It's a loud car. I was distracted for a second by a loud car, everybody. Please, please give me a dollar. <laughs> there was a loud car. I thought it might be a fart. Please give me a dollar. <laughs> It's that level of humor and more at the Patreon. (laughs) All right. Well, that's been episode 200. Yeah. Hey, go tell a friend about us. Go make a review. Let everyone know that we've got 200 episodes. We've been doing this so long. We've read so many RPGs now that we are. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's 200 episodes. Fuck it. We're experts now. Uh, oh, I'm, we, put, are, I'm putting the flag down. Oh, we got the, okay. We've always said like, oh, we're not experts. We're just guys who read. No, we've read so many. We're experts. You want to know about an RPG? I say, I, Come to me. I've said this a million times to, to fans and so on, but every time I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm an expert. I've got to be at this point. I've read so many books. It's crazy. And then every time I'm talking to some fan, I'm like, well, I read this one weird book. Like, I read that. I read that. I read every book on your entire show plus 60 other, 600 other books. Also, I remember them way better than you. And I'm like, what the fuck? How come you don't have... Oh, you know what? It's because I'm interesting. <laughs> you hear that, fans? <laughs> oh, no, it's not you. It's some. It's one fan that wasn't you. It's that one fan. We all know. Not not, not you. Not, not you, fan. No, not you. <laughs> it's that one fan. You know, Ryan. <laughs> Shit, I don't know which Ryan they're talking about. <laughs> I mean, all the Ryan... I'm fine with all the Ryans. I think all the Ryans out there, you're okay. You're on notice, but you Justins. (laughs) (laughs) Is your name Mary? You're a worst fan. (laughs) We're going to lose so much money. (laughs) Don't you know that 73% of our money comes from people named Mary? It's just one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mary Leota. Secretly, Mareliota. Oh. oh no! All right, well that's enough. Thanks everybody. We'll see you in a, in two weeks with yet more exciting content because we're not going out on two hundred. See you soon with two hundred one bitches out. Yeah.